G'day folks, AOS Coach here, and we are talking all things Auric War Clan, specifically our savage big boss, crazy wargog profiting, look, your monster hunters. I'm here with the king of bumbags himself. It is the wargog prophet, Mikey Gilson, uh, straight out of the Bucks Wargaming Collective. Uh, knows one of my, my oldest and dearest friends too, I found out. Literally drops this bomb just before we go live. Uh, so shout out to my good mate, Dave McElroy, uh, King of the Dark Elves, and more importantly, absolute legend, that is Bret Hart. He knows what I'm talking about. But um, I'm, I'm here with Mikey, and we're obviously going to talk Auric War Clans. We're talking Bone Splitters, and it's interesting because I was saying to Mikey just before we went, we went live, and we'll get Mikey to introduce himself in a second, but the context I want to put here is that it's nine months since Age of Sigma 3 came out. Nine months since since the third edition book came out for the Auric War Clans. And I remember, Mikey, going through this book, and I'm previewing the Auric War Clans book, and I'm like, right, Iron Jaws look pretty sweet. Cruel Boys look pretty sweet. Big War, eh, it's been toned down a little bit, but it's all right. And I'm going through my General's Handbook going, right, it's the monster meta. You have all those things that like to hunt monsters. Bone splitters, this is the time to be the bone splitters. And I was so disappointed. So this is the this is the context of the show is that Mikey has done incredibly well and a few people in the last couple of months have started to do quite well with bone splitters. So I want to know what's going on. What's the secret sauce? And there's certainly a pink elephant in the room and that is a 720 point uh pink elephant that got an updated war scroll in uh the winter FAQ. Before we get into that Mikey, g'day, welcome, introduce yourself to the net. Hey coach, yeah, nice to have me on. Yeah, so I'm part of Bucks Wargaming Group. Um, I love every all the naked boys running around on their ball boys. Can't get enough of the laser eyes. It's the best mini game um, that you can have in in Warhammer. And just yeah, if you, even if you're you're shooting off, you know, big monsters, everyone's cheering on the table. People love it. It's it's such a funny funny book because when I looked at Bone Spitters, like I honestly wasn't impressed with the rules and then when the book actually hit the shelves and people like you picked up the book most people were just so sad about their bone splitters they were looking at it going it seemed like the uh, your arrow boys your um yeah. your, like everyone just kind of seemed like it got a nerf and yeah. i don't know if that was just like sticker shock but i guess we're going to unpack a little bit about what's going on with the with the savage boys is something changed in the last couple of months that's made them more attractive or have we finally unlocked uh, unlocked the secret source well i think let's go back to when the book dropped i think all well, all eight of us who play bone splitters across the uh <laughs> um were pretty gutted about it um we felt like we'd lost a lot of the things that we loved about the faction um you know you had the big stabbers um they basically it seemed like the rules had been written to rule them out of being you know the power uh, unit that they were in in the one before the war doc um who was one of the best I, i'd say he was value at 80 points being even before he was a priest you know he had um uh, he had his dances he's had utility and now you had to you, you had to lose your spell in order to do the dances um and he and he lost the priest keyword i remember that's right yeah. i remember i remember getting the book for a games workshop preview and i'd ask the bone splitter people in my discord i'm like what do you want to know and what should i incorporate in the video and they're like does does the war doc 
still have the priest keyword because there was a a few people brewing ideas with curse and yep. it lost it yeah there's there's no uh, no way to get curse um from yeah from the bone splitters uh, faction gits don't have it or or them and and yeah you're ruling out you know one of the most powerful things that we had in our armory which was you know arab boys you know blocking out the sun with curse on them um so talk to me about where bone splitters are currently in the meta just um because it did and, and, and like I don't, I don't want to paint doom and gloom because it's not completely doom and gloom but i want to i want to paint the picture of how they're struggling or where they're struggling or what has changed since they used to be able to and i remember the days in first edition where you'd have with 30 arrow boys you'd roll all of the dice you would block have exploding sixes you would just re-roll them all and it was just a terrible terrible i, I hated playing against you not yeah, personally, yeah. Mikey, but it was never fun because you needed there was just so many re-rolls and so many exploding sixes yeah so uh, where we're at the meta at, at the moment i think um the elephant that you mentioned kragnos um unlocks a lot of things for a lot of factions um and it brings the power level up for a lot of the a lot of the armies that you know were sitting at, at the bottom of the table um because he offers it, he offers a way to get battle tactics uh the threat that he's got and the board presence um yeah he starts making your opponent make more decisions and more choices um i would say with bone splitters if you make mistakes you get found out pretty quickly and that that's the case when you play any sort of lower faction army you you have to play perfect in order to get get the results it feels um you're you're punished hard um when you make a mistake having um i think bone splitters they they don't compete in the in and trade in the same way that they used to um, so getting into combat is actually something that you, you usually try and avoid. Um, and the, the no rend across the army, um, and being, having activate, having easy access to plus one save for all units, um, just really limits the, the damage output that you've got there. Mm. Um, and, and Kragnos supplements that by being able to, uh, to get through, um, some units. Yeah, I think that was kind of one of my disappointments when they had changed the big stabbers because I thought, right, you know, this is the perfect time to, to be doing all of the damage. Is it high mortal wounds or high high rend? I remember there was just some some interesting cool rules and then they had obviously removed a fair few of those monster hunting things, which I felt kind of really hurt the faction. And then it kind of led me, you know, it led a lot of people to start thinking about, is it the Wargog Prophet with the mask? It seemed like everyone just wanted to spam all the mask attacks, do all the mortal wounds and just hope that Gork and Mork blessed them and they would just keep rolling those mortals. Yeah, I, I mean, that's one of the war scroll that just stands out um, because you, if you get within 12 of him, you have this unlimited uh, unlimited damage, basically. And um, you're you're putting this 12-inch this 12, 12 circle around the Wurgogs. Um, and basically, you're, you're saying, I dare you to go in there. And, you know, we could potentially kill anything that you put there. Um, and so you, it, it gives you such good board presence um, and, uh, and control uh, because you know you're making someone think uh, do i do i want to risk putting my model in that range because i could potentially get blown up in you know when it comes down to it you, you usually end up blowing your own head up um but you know it's the threat that there that's there and so having 
multiple units running around together. Um, you know, uh, one thing that Calvin, I think, points out in his article on, on the plastic crackers, you know, the first roll is free as well. So actually, a lot of people are, are forgetting that. Um, and so, yeah, you're if you've got multiple ones together, the likelihood of just chipping off little heroes and things like that is is actually really easy. Um, and shout out to, to Will from the Bone Splitters group is 2-1 with five Wurgogs at the moment in the Kent GT uh, after day one. So, yeah, he was he was lasering eyes some dragons yesterday. So between you, Calvin, and, and Mikey as well, so you, you, Calvin, and so who was the other one? Oh, that was Will, and then we got Lewis Will, as Will. well in Scotland. Yeah. It, seems like, it seems like most of the Bone Splitters players are coming out of the UK. Um, I don't know. What, what, maybe maybe you're a part of the secret meta that's coming up, America. We've got to watch out. We've got to learn from the UK folks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've got a, we've got a really tight um, a WhatsApp group. Uh, where we throw around some ideas. It was pretty quiet when the book dropped. Or, well, uh, pretty pretty angry when the book dropped, as I said. Um, but it's it's got to a good place now. And I think, um, yeah, um, our friend Plastic Crack driving it on on the blog has has really reignited people's love for it. it certainly got got me sort of turned around and, and looking back at my collection, thinking, no, I'm, I'm not going to go with the easy option just to go straight with Iron Jaws. I, I think there's there's more play here with Bone Splitters. So what are bone splitters good at? Let's imagine I'm new to the faction or I maybe maybe I played bone splitters back in the day and I haven't touched my my savage boys for a long time. In third edition, what do they bring to the table? So they they bring a lot of control um, of board presence. With their, they have a pregame move with half of their units, um, and this this is really key. You can either screen things out by screen out your better units by moving up the board early. Um, they've got really good movement. Um, all of the things on you got your ball boys who are twelve inch move, um, so they're getting around the place. Um, then they they're. they're their faction ability is a is a four up after save um, at at one point in the combat. So they've got quite good denial um, of battle tactics, um, and so they play a more of a denial um, denial game and good at getting early up on points. Um, you can squeeze people in their their own territory um, with the fast movement, um, and then get ahead and stay ahead um, and sort of hold on. Basically, that's that's how they work. I guess the reverse would that be then? What are you not good at? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, if you take you come, crack, you got a little war scroll, like it's just going to roll out forever. Um, you, you've got um, limited access to pl pluses to magic, um, where, where with, you can do with the war dog, but you have to roll a three up um, there. I think you've got lack of rend um, across there, and you do have the the rogue idol as a as a monster, um, and this is where Kragnos comes in. You've got a you've got a monster with rend, and you've suddenly got something that complements, you know, one of the the weakest things in in the faction. Um, I would say our, our shooting's pretty pointless now. Um, you know, those which is those ironic because it used to be one of the big things you you that was what you were known for. You were known for uh, shooting. And you were known for big stabbers. Yeah, yeah, which is the rend and the shooting. And so, yeah, the the Arrow Boys at the moment you can't get. Uh, they've written out the rules to get those exploding sixes. Um, the plus one to wound spell won't go on on the Arrow Boys um, as well. And I think it's probably going back to that play experience that you had. Um, you know, we we didn't want people coming out with buckets of dice and and sitting there for five minutes and um, just telling you to take your toys off after a while. 
Um, only five minutes. I, I'll, I'll never forget my first game against Bone Splitters at my first Age of Sigmar tournament. My opponent, God bless him, he, he, he ran Bone Splitters because his games club convinced him to do it. He had an assistant. He literally had an assistant with me, and they sat there together, rolling the dice, re-rolling, picking up the sixes. That one shooting attack, I swear it took 10 years. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think we we only barely got through turn uh, turn three. Um, it was a crazy experience, and I'm glad they've kind of tightened it up. But through that, they seem to have lost a lot of power projection. And at the time, this, the um, the melee-focused orcs just weren't cutting the mustard. Yeah, I mean, with the for monsters, they they had a had a route in to to kill the monsters. Basically, you had the mortal wounds on on sixes, and you had a weight of attacks. And so, yeah, you you would be chipping off the monsters. You also had play with the six inch parlin as well for um, objectives. Um, but obviously, that that went um, by the wayside, which we were pretty sad about. Oh my! God. There's a big laundry list of things that you're not good at and limitations. So why on earth would anyone want to play with the, in, on hard mode? No, it's not even hard mode. It's like what's the mode harder than hard mode? It's like advanced mode, crazy mode. God mode, yeah. Fox, yeah, I was going to call it God mode. I didn't want anyone to um, <laughs> to assume that God mode meant easy mode. No, it's like fight yeah. fight with one hand behind your back mode. Yeah, you have to bring in a god to to compete. I think that's the that's part of it. So, and and I think one th one other thing as well was you know Hades has been in the chat like cheerleading the um the rogue idol, um that seemed to be quite popular as well quite early on doing double rogue idols in the alpha beast pack to get that free move and then you hopefully get the spell off and all that good stuff but get that into combat early. Yeah, I I think I think the rogue idol is. It opens up some of the. It gets the monster keyword in there. It's got the five up ward. Um, it's quite expensive, um, you know, at four thirty. Um, I think points for for what it is. You know, you ha you haven't. You've only got two attacks on on the big attacks, and it's D six damage, um, which isn't reliable. Um, and then if you run against like uh, Seraphon, um, you put your minus one damage on that, um, and. Again, I think the the play style is not actually to get in combat; it's to control the board, um, and that's. I, I think having the rogue idol it works against that because you don't want to. If you're charging two in, you're using up um, half your points um, early in the game, and you're not gonna you're not gonna table someone with with bone splitters, um, and so you've got to hold on, and and you know most you've got to play the objective game, and if you're getting to turn four turn five and you've got nothing left on the board you know you, you you're not going to be able to hold on because you won't have tabled them and they would have tabled you yeah yeah what what one seemed to work quite well because you you know if you were lucky to get the double fly or the triple fly um, oh yeah movement like if you get like i, I actually did face uh, i remember played a game against uh, a guy called Corey. i think it was um, and he got the triple, right? I think, you know, if you, if you get the spell off, you can move and all, all the shenanigans. But if you roll, was it a 10 up or something higher? I can't remember exactly what, how it works, but you can triple the movement. So it meant the rogue idol was moved like 32 or 38 or something yeah. bonkers. And it can fly. So there's like literally no way you can screen. And this rogue idol is just in your face, smashing whatever it wants to smash. That is powerful. When you start adding a second one, 
and you can't get that delivery mechanism on two, I think you raise an interesting point. Thus, the introduction of Kragnos, the Ender of Empires. But before we get into that, Mikey, are you going to say something? Well, yeah, yeah. Let's have the say... rules in a second. I'm going to say <laughs> the rules. So, yeah. So I was just going to say that the double move or triple move and fly. That's that's AOS two. That's old old book. So we lost that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is this is one of the things that yeah it used to be the best thing to see. You know, as an opponent or player, seeing a big pile of rocks fly across the the table. Uh, yeah, turn one and go wherever it wants because it's quite a small base actually. The, yeah. uh, the rogue idol, um, so it's it's fairly easy to put in. But yeah, we lost that completely. <laughs> He's gonna kick yeah. in the the gonads like he got kicked everywhere. <laughs> so I want to talk about the rules here. Okay, so I've got your bone spitter rules and spoiler alert: Mikey has run the ice bone uh, sub allegiance. So you have got a couple of good sub allegiances. Um, I think we all know why you've gone ice bone. But talk me through a little bit about the bone splitter allegiance because i guess the 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 temptation as well could be is i could take literally exact same models and i could run them as big wah like if i run a big wah i don't need to actually take anything different i don't have to take any cruel boys i don't take any iron jaws so what is it about the bone splitter allegiance abilities and sub allegiance on why you play with them and then also how do you build around it okay well let's start with the sub allegiances so i've picked ice bone um which unlocks um the boar boys as battle line um they're i think one of the for 100 140 points they're a really strong unit um, they've got 12 inch move they've got a five up save um, they've got 25 attacks for five of them um and with this ice bone you can see on a six to wound um you're doing mortals and so you unlock some some damage basically with your um, with your battle line and the, and the rest of your units that don't have that rend um that at least will be going through and doing the mortals um so i think ice bone is is the standout choice at the moment with the meta um the only other one that might find a time is drakfoot um this is the one uh that un- uh that unlocks more boys as your as your battle line um more boys loads of attacks two uh two choppers i think there's yeah, four attacks each on the charge so you've got quite a lot of weight of attacks um in there but the thing about drakfoot is it it takes her off that ignore the um after save the ward save mm. so ethereals um i think at the moment with the meta um with amulet of destiny going down to six going against six it's slightly different um and those more boys i mean you you want uh, you want to unlock the battle line to put, you know, 30, 30 in a unit or, or double reinforce things. And because of coherency, you've got one inch reach. You're never going to get that many in. So, um, yeah. What about what about uh, bone grinds? Because bone grinds on paper looks good. You get plus one attack characteristic to melee weapons by your savage arrow boys. And yeah. for anyone who's played the, the arrow boys in the past, a lot of bone splitters was built around the archers. So why would I not want to get plus one attack on these on these missile weapons and, and then double reinforce them to have that unit of 30? Okay, so let's talk about, I guess, arrow boys. Uh, I, I mentioned them briefly. They've so they got uh, two attacks and they're fives and fours. No rend unless it's a monster, one damage. Um, you, you don't have a way to buff them other than all-out attack. So you go to fours and fours on that. Um, you don't have exploding hits uh, on there. Um, so re- really, the, the damage output that you're getting, um, you get one extra attack. So a, a block of 30, you've got 90 attacks at 
fives and fours or fours and fours, no rend, you you're just hitting like like with a pillow. There's just there's no damage there. You get plus one. You can get plus one save so easily on any unit, um, and so you're at three up um, with those. You haven't got any bonuses to wound. You haven't got the exploding sixes. It's just it's just not doing enough. I'd I, I think they they're, they're a cheap unit and they are perhaps good as a screen um, these days. Um, but I would probably take shooters over them. Because then the shooters are minus one to hit. Uh, it's twenty on a um, on an objective rather than ten, um, and they cost the same points. Um, so, yeah, I I just don't think Bone Grins has got got any play um, at the moment because of where the Arrow Boys are at. And and shooters are referring to the Gloom Spike Gits yeah. Goblin shooters, which yeah, they got the Netters in there. You've got the banner for the for the plus one save if you're being shot at. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in that and very cheap bodies, I guess. Um, and I'm going to assume, and I'm going to make this comment and I know the answer, but I just want to call it out anyway, Mikey, you've got the ability with the arrow boys to get the rend minus one attacks against a monster. Now that would turn it to rend one, but I guess weight of dice, you know, if I've got, you know, I'm not going to do the maths, but if I had three attacks, Hitting on fours because I spend a command point to do, you know, all that attack. Hitting on fours, wounding on fours, mathematically, what, 90 shots turns into, what, 30, 25? Yeah. Put it in half, then divide it in half. Surely, like, 25, 20 to 30 uh, wound saves at rend minus one is got some play? Um, I, I think, what, you got a... Most monsters are going to be on a three-up. And then they're going to go straight to a two up um, on on that. They might even have Mystic Shield on. They're just going to be rolling a, a two up or a three up on that. So um, yeah, you might chip them off, but the, the, you're, you're putting so many points into it, and you're using all your reinforcement slots um, for that. And so um, they're not a not it's not enough of a hammer. It, you know, it, do, it doesn't do enough um, for the points that you're putting into it. And those reinforcement slots are, are really important. Yeah, I knew the answer. I just wanted to call it out because it yeah. sounds good in theory. Like, Ren minus one, cool, I'm going to get all these shots. But when you do the maths of how many points you're going to spend to get double reinforced um, arrow boys, the command point to do all that attack, then the sheer weight of dice, and you'll probably find that, yeah, like it's, I mean, depending it, on the hero and the monster you're targeting, you, it, it sounds good in theory, but probably not in practice. Yeah, and you could just tag that unit, and then they're they're out, you know. Then and they might not even kill the thing that's tagged um, onto them. So talk to me about the allegiance ability because you've got. Th I mean, because you're right, like Icebone or Drakfoot. I think Drakfoot is good that you're really building around the you know cutting through ward saves and. Not everyone has a ward. Amulet of Destiny, as you've mentioned, got toned down a little bit, so you're not seeing nearly as much. Uh, if Gotrek gets back into the meta and starts like driving people insane, maybe Drakfoot, because you'll pull him down super easy. Um, maybe with Nighthorn, if Nighthorn becomes really popular in the meta, Drakfoot might become really good. But I can see why Icebone of the three could be a popular build, giving you those mortals, because that's that's going to cut through the high armor saves right now. Just doing mortal wounds equal to the damage of the weapon. Yeah, the mass works out better on Icebone with the mortals to wound than it does on turning off the uh, um, 
the aftersave anyway. So even if you get, you know, your um, your more boys with four attacks each, or your um, or your boar boys with you know five attacks, um, you, you're going to be hitting those sixes to wound, um, and you, you've got the option for you know them to roll ones and twos on their saves. So a couple of the rules you've got is you've got the war paint. So all of your friendly bone splitter units are going to have a six up ward. Pretty good. Pretty tasty. Because yeah. a lot of your units are like two wounds or more. Um, it won't make a huge difference, but it, it'll all add up to the amount of wounds you'll have on the table and the battle shock you might need to take. Uh, and you can turn that once per game into a four up ward instead of a six up ward. You've also got the... Um, the uh, if the unmodified hit is for a uh, bone splitter has five or more models and it's a six it explodes into two hits and you've obviously got the free move so um half of your bone splitter units can move up to five inches before the battle round commences in the first battle round yeah so the wall paint's um good because all our saves are pretty bad um across the board um it's yeah it's five sixes (laughs) fives or sixes basically if it's got a shield it's a five yeah otherwise it's a six and so at least you've got a chance with anything with ren just to you know save a little bit on that the the war is 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 really good um you know this uh this this opens up uh you know a whole lot of things this isn't in your phase it's in any combat phase um which is different to um what you get with iron jaws and, and cruel boys it's got to be in your charge phase to to unlock that for iron jaws you can do it in both and this becomes a, a big denial piece and something that wins you games because you have a, a set of boar boys or a, um, a, some oryx which is like 20 or 15 wounds um and you think yep i'll just do um kill this battle line um and then suddenly they're on a four up and it's you're just denying that straight away um and this is you know that by getting those points or denying those points that's how you win games um and so the the big why is 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 huge for us you have to have your general on, on the um on the board um and the thing that synergizes quite well with this is one of the artifacts um which pretty much every bone split list you'll see in it um it means that the six up ward goes to a four up ward and then so in combat it goes to a two up um and so they go slay the warlord and you've got this in your pocket and it's on your warlord you know you've got a two up say a two up after save um on yeah what's probably your work or your maniac weird knob um and so yeah again it's that denial piece and it's it's you can choose when to do it. Unfortunately, there's a few things like the fire slayers. Are, um, when they fight first, you get to choose what you do first in the combat phase, and so they go before this. Um, and so there's a few ways that you can tech away from giving bone splitters the opportunity to do it. Um, but at most of the time, yeah, you get the choice of that, and so that's a big a big power play. Um, or if you've got loads of units in combat um then you're doing this and you've got that survivability um and that's something that that we lack you know you can't compete if you get into combat for five rounds in a row yeah yeah you've got the wounds like i think that's the the key right your bone splitters have plenty of wounds your armor save is relatively trash like probably very few of your models would actually have a four off save and mostly around the fives and the sixes yeah, which which begs the question: Do you use you know all that defense? I mean, I, I guess all that defense and mystic shield will keep them around a little longer. But you're you're not building a tank uh, unit with armor save. You're building a tank unit with the sheer amount of wounds 
in that unit. Yeah, so I, with the with the ball boys, they're on a five up. So you often see Mystic Shield going on them. Um, and I think Calvin was running 15 of these guys. And that is quite mm. a big tar pit when you've got them. Um, yeah, you've got them on a four up and then ignoring an after save. Yeah, so you got them on a three up um, there. And yeah, it's it's hard. It's, they're three, three wounds each. So you've got to really get yeah. through them. Um, and then you've got the after save, and then you could potentially an, a four up after save. And that you know, it's you, you have to invest an awful lot, um, and you're not, yeah, you're going to struggle to get to through five, let alone fifteen. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's actually the is it the ball boys um, or is, is it the maniacs or the ball boys? It seems like the most people were building around the the savage arrow boys or the more boys initially but it seems like the hidden list tech at the moment is really actually leaning in towards the pickies which is unfortunate because as no had said you know i it kills me that these sculpts exist because they are cool models uh in theory but you look at them and they're very old like you can tell they're old games workshop kits which some people really like some people think give me an update yeah, I've got about 80 of these painted up to tabletop. Um, and yes, it gets pretty painful after a while um, with those sculpts. I think that's part of the challenge as well is that a lot of people have not invested into the piggies. So they have probably maybe maybe why they haven't really looked into it properly and do you want to go out and buy them? But when you do look at the ball boys and even the maniacs to some degree, um, that's probably where you're probably seeing the most competitive stuff of, of uh, bone splitters coming out. Yeah, well, you've got you've got weight of attacks and you've got movement. Um, so the they they serve two purposes: the ball boys versus the maniacs. So the maniacs are actually one of your hammers um, in there. They can do um, they can do a lot of damage. Um, I think where, when you get them buffed up. So um, I think yeah, with uh, they've got on the charge four attacks on top and then three attacks on the bottom um and there's a spell that will give them plus two rent so um if you run them in a unit of 10 you can usually get eight you can quite get nine with coherency and so yeah you're looking at 56 attacks with exploding sixes you've got mortals on sixes and you've got um potentially minus two on the tusks um so they become a bit more of a, a bit more of a threat um, whereas the the ball boys are more of a um, control unit by putting those saves up um, and just just screening out basically. We should probably talk about the pink elephant in the room, which is the Kragnos, because we'll bring up your list and I, I, I'm looking at Craggy's and I've actually I actually ran Craggy at an event um, last weekend. Obviously not in um, Bone Splitters, but just in general, right? Very cool model, 700-odd points, only 18 wounds. A couple of things happened in uh, the winter FAQ, like the six-up uh, six ward um, can can make units run, uh, sorry, charge 3D6. Um, I think there's a few other minor tweaks, but why, why is Craggy coming to play for Bone Splitters and what's he bringing to the party, I guess? Yeah, so... It I thought I thought he came into play before the update. So I ran him um, beforehand because he had the the rend in there. He's got three inch reach on, on that dread mace. You know this. It, he's a way of um, completing battle tactics. You know if you want to kill a battle line, he's going to go through them. If you need to um, yeah, bring a uh, uh, bring a monster down, you're going to do it. And we've got two of those as battle tactics. So 
you, you know you, you've got two options at that um you want to be charging into monsters uh, bone splitters love killing monsters and and he's he's there to do it um yes the the 3d6 charge um just really emphasizes that board presence that we've already got so we've got the pre-game move um that we're going up the table you know we've got a 3d6 charge on top of that if you're 22 um 22 apart that you usually are on on most things if you want to alpha you can either move five or eight depending on one of the command traits that you take your ball boys are moving 12 on top of that and you're staying in range of this guy the ball boys are three inches away anyway but you've got even if you want to take maybe big stabbers or a unit you become nine away um at, at this point by doing the pre-game move and their move and then you've got 3d6 on a, on a nine so if you did want that alpha um to go in um he yeah he unlocks that um yeah and their six up ward you, the, the biggest thing it had before was the survivability um and then you also have the mightiest makes righteous that you've got there this is this is pretty key you know you can you can sit him on an objective and it's a lot of points just to sit on an objective but he's not just sitting on an objective he's controlling the space around him so much because nobody wants to come near with a monster because he's going to charge you and he he synergizes really well with um with the ball boys because he moves 10 and the ball boys move 12 and and you can wrap him up um with the ball boys and um you play against iron jaws and the the more crusher you see a load of them on the board but they have one inch reach and you can just put ball boys either side of him and they can't get in um whereas he can um and yeah, the synergize between the twelve-inch move and the ten-inch move is is really big for the bone splitters um, because you can keep him safe and have that massive threat. Craggy does a lot of things. You know, if you look at his attack profile, an all-out attack gets him hitting on twos, wounding on twos, damage four, ren minus three. You know, d three damage. Like he brings a lot to the table, right? Like from a from a a weapon delivery point of view. He will delete a lot of great things. You look at some of the abilities, right? You know, he's going to count to 30 on, on an objective. He is going to, to himself, as well as units within a, a wholly within 12-inch bubble of him, allows them to charge um, with 3D6 as opposed to 2, as well as it allows you to charge from outside of 18 as opposed to the 12 as per normal. You've got um, some abilities, like when you charge your monster, you get to roll two dice and multiply those numbers to do a, a bunch of mortal wounds only to monsters. But we won't talk about that because I played a corn opponent in my tournament last week and I rolled two sevens. Yeah. yeah it's a you roll, two, you roll a seven, nothing. I rolled them twice. I rolled it two, two times and I did seven twice. Um, and also there's a whole bunch of other things, right? Craig has got a six-up ward save. Um, I'm sure there's other things in there. He's a totem, but you know, like he's a bit of a utility piece. He does a lot of great things. He supports as well as easy as smashy, smashy. Look, he's only got 18 wounds, which is probably one of the biggest gripes that I have because I've played against long strikes. And when they use that Holy command to shoot in the hero phase, and they're going to shoot in the shooting phase, they've almost pulled down craggy at the top of turn one. Yeah. Like it's not a hard thing to do. And when you're paying 700 odd points, you really need to make the most of this particular model. So I guess my question to you, Mikey, is what does he bring to the table specifically to the bone splitters? And what do you, what do you really benefit by having his presence in the faction? 
Yeah, so board control, um, you know, he is he's such a big threat because he can do so many different things. Um, you're you can control space with him so well. Um, if you if you deploy him on one side of the board and and you're a one drop, you know you've already decided where they're going to put things um, and you're you're pinning them into a place where you want them to be um you know before they've even put any toys on the table you're already controlling what they're doing um and that's that that's what he does you know he at the 3d6 charge he's the, the questions people ask you at the beginning of the the game is what's the threat range um and you just go well you know this guy just it means i'm gonna i can get to you you know wherever you put your models i'm, I'm going to be getting to you um or i have the threat that i'm going to do that and so you know what you're trying to do is you're trying to control the board with bone splitters um and the best way that you can do that is by saying right you either deploy on the line and we're, and we're definitely going to get you or you deploy a bit further back and we might get you and then you they got deploy the free move you got the five inch move you yeah. know, your base movement of like if you're talking about piggies it's 10 so that's what that's 15 inches the base move is then... 12 yeah it's oh, 12 there you go even better yeah so at 20 if you're 22 apart and you've got the regular uh moves you're going to be five inches away with the with the ball boys if they deploy on the line um <laughs> and so and they get and they, they get plus one to charge anyway um so you, with on three dice you're gonna be in um you know unless you roll that, that triple one um but then yeah you've got you don't, you don't want to be the thing is you're, you're telling everyone that i can get you but with bone splitters you don't actually want to charge in um so you want to charge in with uh with kragnos you don't with the others and that was giving me my second question. And, you know, just because I can drive with my feet doesn't make it a good idea. And the same question to you would be, do you want to charge turn one? Because the temptation is there, right? The five-inch move. So the five-inch pre-game pre move. Then you've got the, the up to 12-inch movement for the piggies. Then if they deploy in the line, it's a five-inch charge turn one. If you've gone battle regiment, you get to determine who, who goes first. Do you even want to? Um, it depends on the army. If they are a combat army, probably not. Um, you know, I get playing against fire slayers. Um, I'm just going to put five ball boys just outside of three, and just hold you in there. I don't want to. I don't want to try and engage you in combat because you're going to kill me quicker than I'm going to kill you, and I need to hold on. So, you'd put ball boys in there, um, three inch away, and then you're going to double screen for that in case they get the double. So you've got another set of ball boys behind. Meanwhile, you're racking up all of the points. Um, they can't get on stuff. They've got to come through you. If it's more, um, I played Lumineth um, in my first game, um, and it was this. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, in my first game at Bloodshed, and it was all about just pinning him in and getting up on points. And for me, I, I knew that I needed to kill his wardens in order to win the game because they were the ones who were going to score points. So for that one, I just yoloed, went all in. Um, we went all the boar boys across, called the war on the on the first ra um, first round because I've got so many units in, um, and I'm killing as much as I can, knowing that I'm taking off his way of scoring. Um, pretty early in the game but generally you, you don't actually want to go in but you're, you're giving the, your opponent all of the signs beforehand you're you're saying yeah i can go this far i'm i'm playing destruction again so i'm gonna charge you um and you're just making them draw back further further back um and then if they if they go really far back you go right 
well, you can have the first turn. Um, mm. And then, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I think having that pregame move is and, and playing bone splitters, it's really important to be one drop. Um, I think that's that's it's really key to be able to understand what you're doing with those five inches or or eight inches before the game. So I'm going to double down on that one. Let's not, let's not move off that topic, right? So I am a bone splitters player. I can move five, or if I take the the artifact or the command trait, I can make that an eight. When would you always move your five or your eight? Or if you don't, like, what's the decision tree? Is it is it if I want to go first, or I'm not going to go first? Like, talk me through like when when I would use the the the, the extra inches or not? Yeah, sure. So I just confirm. I guess um, it's. Uh, the rules are that you can move half of your units five yes. or, or eight, eight, eight inches. I play heavy on the ball boys, so they've already got a lot of movement. So I don't. Uh, so it's not that necessary to get the eight. Um, what makes the decision, I guess, on on here is you, you can also pregame move and get onto objectives as well. Um, in in the rules, it's it's written that before the start of the first turn, you claim the objectives that you're wholly within six. Um, so you have that. You, you can play mind games with your opponent um, by putting on the line, telling them how, what your threat range is, um, and things. You know they are convinced you're going to charge in first turn, and you're measuring out all the distances. And then when you get back around to it, you if they've got shooting, you suddenly move your units back out of range, and you're going yeah over to you. You go first, um, and um, yeah, it's it all depends what you're what you're playing against. I, I do feel like. Um, the first, the, the choice of first turn with having that, um, yeah, that move makes a difference because if you don't, if you if if you're both one drop and they and they get it, you, you don't know whether to screen out by moving five. Um, yeah, it's it, it makes it, it makes it more difficult, and and by not having Kragnos, you're basically opting into going to a two drop um, because you're not going to get you put you want to go more Wergogs and then you're not you're going to want to have more than three um, essentially, or you want to have more, more points in there. So just to call out a really good point. You're saying that you use the, the five inch or the eight inch to not necessarily just move forward. It's not just about moving up five inches or eight inches and then YOLOing it up the board. You're using it to counter deploy to go, right. Well, I, now I know where you've, you know, you've deployed your force. I'm now going to move five inches to the side, to the back, forward if you want to put some pressure onto an objective or you know move completely out of range for spells and unbinds or you know to even reposition a wizard to be in more of the wizard unbinding range so it's less just about running forward and i think that's a lot of people think us destruction players do i think to the point of no like you know we people know destruction and we love to run forward it's like our mantra but we also sometimes move to the side yeah, well, you know, I I, I do. I, I set out a letter um, five inches above. I put a, a ruler out, which or, or markers out to say this is how far I'm moving forward. I know I'm not probably not going to move there, but by putting those things out, you, you're in the player's head saying, yeah, this is where they're going to be. So they measure everything from there. Um, you're making it easy for them, but then you're like, well, actually, no, I'm just going to move back out of unbind range. Yeah, um, and I'm going to cast my spell and stay where I am. Do the, do the rogue idols have the keyword for bone splitters? They do, yeah. So they can move forward. Um, so now for beast pack, you could get 
like a a bagillion move. Like yeah. you get Alpha Beast Pack gives you the free six inch move, or is it a free movement? And then you get the um, the fiver. But you're moving out of one drop by doing that um, yeah. immediately, which um, again takes away knowing whether you, you you're going to be able to do it or not. But yeah, it, it is it is something that I've looked at. Um, it, yeah, for that fun, I've got two rogue idols, so can, you could just about fit in. I think two rogue idols, Kragnos, and yeah, a couple of things with D6 movement. Um, Thank so. you, zero scale. It's actually a D, it's a D6 movement. I couldn't th- I couldn't think of it was a, if it was a set number or if it was a dice roll appreciated. So it could be you know, it could be eleven. It could be five six. Yeah, um, but if, if you think about it, if you've already um, got Kragnos, you're already moving up five. They're base ten, so you're fifteen. That's a seven inch charge already, um, which odds on you're going to do it with a reroll anyway. I was more thinking the points, Mikey. I was thinking seven hundred odd points for Craggy, four hundred odd points for the Rogue Idols. We're now at like what fifteen hundred points, probably if not more, on three models and we're not sons we still need three battle lines so it kind of quickly it sounds like it sounds good in theory but um look you, you obviously kragnos is such a great delivery mechanism that you probably don't even need the alpha beast pack for example if you wanted to even go full potato and go craggy plus two rogue idols and just run forward because they've got the the speed um through kragnos yeah you just take one um yeah, I think in, in a, it to go into the list or you wouldn't have the points, you take Kragnos out and all of a sudden you're doing less um, with with more points. Um, Do you have I, any favourite units in Bone Splitters? Uh, the Wurgog, you know, 100% is, is going to be, is, is, is the best unit, I think, in the game, you know, just for that, that mini game that you're playing. Um, plus, you know, he's got great utility, two-cast uh, wizard, um and and the model's cool yeah i've got i've got about six of them <laughs> just in case you need to run all six at, at one point um but yeah he's he's great um and i, I love the ball boys yeah just and for anyone who maybe hasn't revisited the uh the war god prophet of war scroll why why does that make it such a great model in the game like what is it about the the war god that people might have overlooked if they just didn't look at the war scroll um, so it's the staring um, that they have. Um, you sacrifice your, your two spells and, and you just say, right, I'm just going to stare at this unit or stare at this monster um, and I'm going to, and I get to roll a dice. Um, yeah, on a one and two, nothing happens. On a th- uh, three plus, you do D3 mortal wounds to them. Um, and then you just basically say, right, well, I've done D3. I'm going to carry on staring until either my head explodes or you explode. Um, and it's just great fun to have on the table. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a clutch play. Um, when you don't have any shooting in a game, you can unlock your units um, to, to then go, uh, go out and score points. Um, yeah, it just, it, I think on, somebody was on posted on Twitter the other day, if you have the four up ward save, the average that you get on it, the numbers is 18 damage. You know, yeah, which is which is bonkers. I mean, my head usually explodes when I start staring um, on like the first couple of rolls. Um, I ran four of them um, and Kragnos um, before Christmas, before the updates, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and but you, it works either way. It, you're you're also um, 
it also works into the denial as well. So if you've got your um, your warlord um, with that um, uh, on the board as as a wargog, you can deny by blowing your own head up. So if you know that you're in a in a, in a difficult spot, and it usually means that something's within twelve, and you you're going to be in danger. It's only got a five inch move, so you know whatever's around you is going to be able to go slay the warlord. You've already used your war. You, you're probably going to. Um, probably going to be in trouble. You can you can go right. I'm either going to kill this thing, or it's going to kill me next turn, and it's going to get the um, um, it's going to get the slay slay the warlord easily. And you just deny it by chipping off some um, some wounds, um, and that's the this denial game that the bone splitters really lean into. All right, a burning question for my my boy Hades in the chat. Always asking the same question, just in a different flavor. Thoughts on the Underworld Warband? I was, I was rudely not looking at you as I revisited the War Scroll. And I'm like, because most of the Underworld's Warbands don't align very well with, with, with the game. There's a couple of standouts, but most of the time they're just cool alternative sculpts. Do you have any thoughts on Head, Rakkar, Gob of Gork? So the sculpts are the best thing going for it. Unfortunately, the War Scroll spell—it's just—it it doesn't give you anything. Um, I, I think is—is is it the—is it the headbutt uh, or the the um, the spell is Bone Crusher? So your casting value of six, range twenty-four. If successfully cast, pick one enemy unit uh, within range and visible. Uh, if it's within six of the caster, it's D6 mortal wounds. If it's within six and 12, it's D3. Uh, if the unit is outside of 12, it's one mortal. Yeah, so it's basically one mortal at range. Um, and I, it's a double caster. It is a double caster. And probably for me, the rule that stands out the most is the, the eye of the weakness, which you get to pick a, uh, in the hero phase, you pick one enemy unit within 18 inches. And essentially, you get to add plus one to your hit rolls for that uh, for units that tar that target that enemy unit. But is that only the headra? Is that locked into? No, 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 so, no, no. Oh, uh, the the headra. The, the, he's he's posse also gets plus one attacks. Uh, plus okay, one yeah. hit. But no, it's just um, uh, add one to the hit rolls for attacks made by this you uh, by this unit that targets in a. Yeah, so it's it's not even the other unit. So it doesn't synergize with. The other things you might yeah if you had some big stabbers then you'd be hitting on twos rather than threes maybe um where it'd be useful um the boar boys on the charge get plus one to hit if they've got the sticks anyway um so yeah it, it, it wouldn't synergize that well and if you want a two cast wizard you're going to take the wergog because it, um it's at 220 points for headrocks mob and it's 150 for a, for a wergog um you're not getting 70 points of utility out of out of that you might as well take the um the shade spire gits um who are the the wolf what are they called yeah the uh yeah the the the, the three dire wolf not dire yeah. wolves, the hobgoblin wolves i can't remember what they're yeah. called yeah you want to take them um and so you can take a work or get those um for the same points um and yeah. you're going to get so much more utility out of it yeah for 220 it's a bit expensive for me to be taking and the, and the war scroll's not strong enough like, yeah, some cool things like it's minus one to hit against it, but it's against it. Its spell isn't ranged that that, that impressive. So, uh, I mean, you do you, run it if you want to run it. But from a competitive point of view, I think the challenge is to your point. 
do I just run another Wargog Prophet and get a bunch of those uh, those goblin doggos instead? Yeah. All right. Let's bring up your list, mate. Like, I, I, we've been dancing around this, and I want to get into the list, and I want to find out a little bit about this crack science that you've come up with. And you've obviously got Kragnos. We've talked a lot about Craggy already and the versatility. Um, like, for, I'll give you an example, right? Last weekend uh, when I played at this little tourney, um, I charged um, Scarbrand. So I charged Scarbrand. I rolled six. Sorry, I rolled seven, so I did no mortal wounds on the charge. I'm like, right. And I, I picked, uh, I picked, uh, I think, Slay the Warlord. I think it might have been the Warlord. I picked a, a command trait where I had to kill Scarbrand. And I'm really disappointed. His Dread Mace, or his Mace, I used all out attacks, so hitting on twos, wounding on twos, ran three for four damage. I killed Scarbrand from that, that profile alone. Scarbrand had no wounds put on him. He was fully buffed up, deleted him like that. I deleted a item the turtle uh, in one in one shot. I deleted uh, a vampire lord on zombie dragon again. One 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 shotted it. Um, he is a brutal brutal combat monster. Yeah, it just gets you those battle tactics. You know, he's uh, you, you say scar brand. You had you had bring it down on scar brand. It needs to happen. You know it's going to happen because you're either going to do it with the mortals or you're going to do it with the mace and the rest of the attacks. The battle line it's the same it's just consistent um you, he's going to be able to do it he's going to be able to do conquer because he's worth 30 um things yeah. yeah he's he's a guarantee um with it so you've obviously got you know your wargog prophet you've got your maniac weird knob you've gone uh, a bunch of savage boar boys so you've got three four units of savage boar boys all with the choppers uh, you've got a unit of 10 maniacs. And one thing we'll talk certainly about as well is your crack science by having a gloom spike hit spider. If you told me you're going to bring in an ally, I would have thought you're going to bring in, I don't know, anything else other than like a spider uh, and not even not even the hero spider, not even the because that's got a nice little you know, self buffing minus one aura. Yeah, okay, I think I... you've gone Skinner's Grand. Yeah, when going through my list with opponents, it's, uh, the, the question is, who is this guy? What does he do? You know, and I, I, I talk through the profiles, and it's it's pretty terrible. Um, you know, but, but he's, he's on a massive base. People don't know how bad he is. Um, and he also the the best thing about his war scroll is he can deep strike. So you don't have any access to deep strike within bone splitters. Um, you already, as I said before, we're looking to control the board. We're looking to pin them in. We're looking to um, show strength with Kragnos and the D6 charge. All of a sudden, you've got another monster that's sitting in the wings and is threatening their backboard. Yeah, he's not going to do much when he comes on. But he also um, unlocks um, more points as well for those battle tactics. So you can put him on the board to start with. You can ferocious advance um, with um, by turning one of your um, your wizards into a, a monster um, for savage spearhead. You can bring him down on turn three if Kragnos is already in their territory. You're getting an extra point there. Um, also, he just becomes um, he's just great bait. You know he's he's a monster. You're rewarded by killing monsters, um, people, and he's worth 108 points. He does nothing. It just stops people from taking out some boar boys who are doing loads of work. They're moving around 12 inch. They're, I've also got a grand strategy of hold the line. 
you put this uh, Skitterstrand down, is he's uh, is he's on a four up save with fourteen wounds. So you know you you have to commit quite a bit into him to kill him. And whatever you're not committing into him, you've got the choice of your battle tactic to bring it down with either Kragnos or the Spider. And you're gonna do the Spider, and this means Kragnos is living for another round and doing what Kragnos does. Um, so he's in there as bait. As you know, you're giving up that one point, but also um, you're pulling, you're, you're opening up another point probably with Kragnos because you're going to counter charge. You've got the mortals and you're going to get the extra points there. And you're also going to make up the points with the Savage Spearhead um, as well. Yeah, so this keeps you as a one drop and it's enough of a distraction for your opponent to avoid the things that you don't want damage your ball boys your your prophet your kragnos things like that so ultimately it's a massive distraction piece but it still does have value to what you've kind of mentioned and now that you've kind of talked it through i can see why you would do it i imagined you know because you know 180 points is a a fair chunk of points right you could spend that on a lot of things that could be another wargog prophet yeah well so it it wouldn't be another Wurgle because you go to two drop. What it would be is another another five ball boys, and it means that you the, the alternative is if you take basically another another set, you make one of the unit of five or ten, and that means you've got a, a bigger tar pit. You're more likely to get hold the line uh, potentially with it. But yeah, the just the bit the deep strike um, and and you know having that distraction piece, I think, it just makes them. The, your opponent have to make another decision, another another thing that they're having to make these micro decisions about. They're thinking about the twelve inch range of the work of profit. They're thinking about three d six and Kragnos and the threat that he hears. And then suddenly, you you've got this deep strike thing, and it's on a massive base. It looks scary as as fuck. The spider, you know, it's it's going to come in and and do nothing. But in their head, it's you know, it's a big monster that's that's going to be doing some work. I should be saying that. it's terrifying. Yeah. It, it, no, no. Yeah. It kills everything. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh because I'm a Gits player. I like. I know. I know what this. I mean, us Gits players, we only take the Wizard Spider. Like that's our key, right? You take the Wizard yeah. Spider because it's got the great spell law. Uh, it naturally has a minus one against it. So it. Anyway, what's this list trying to do? Like, talk me through. Like, what are you trying to achieve? You've mentioned already a lot of the, the discussion. It's less about doing pure damage because you just don't have the the rend and you just don't have the ability to do mass damage especially um you know at range you've obviously got kragnos kragnos is an absolute monster but outside of craggy and i guess holistically what are you trying to achieve with this list it's board control right you've you've said it many times yeah so it's it's board control it's denial um and it's it's being able to achieve your battle tactics and score objectives um you know skid stand as well monstrous takeover you can just bring it down turn three turn two and you're not you're not using kragnos to do that there's the the ability to score um your battle tactics and have a multitude of options in there is is amazing that we didn't talk about one of the other extra bits of tech on that work of profit that makes it even better the, the the staring happens at the beginning of the hero phase so you don't even have to pick your battle tactic before then and so you can react off what you do uh, with that you can also slay the warlord and choose it afterwards and you still get the battle tactic um there's yeah it's it's the denial um it's a it's a yeah denial list um and and board presence that's what it does 
so how does your list work in in regards to doing that you know how how is the wargog prophet and the combination of you know the artifacts that you've chosen and you know the spells how does this all come about talk to me through how the the, the list synergizes so, so you got kragnos um who already said synergizes really well with the ball boys with that 10 inch 12 inch move um you're using the your ball boys to screen but you're also using it to wrap up the the Wurgog we've spoken about him is there's this 12 inch bubble around him which you're you're daring people to come into um and you know he's he's also got the denial piece with the um with the two uh, the four up after save the artifact glowing um tattoos the command trait is master of magic so you're just putting in a bit more reliability um on here the on, on the spells that you've got so you've got the glowing green tusks which add minus two ren to the boar boys so that goes for all of the units that you you basically got there um and then you've got yeah a re-roll on that um why would you go the uh, master of magic command trade so outside of your book you've obviously gone into the core book as opposed to you know you've got some interesting ones you know the voice of the great green god and um don't wonder with the beast so you could get an extra spell or you could be issuing commands uh within wholly within 24 as opposed to 18 so why master of magic as opposed to those two um so the, re the reliability that, um, that you've got um in there for the for the re-roll of the cast um i'd say the command traits all of the units have got um a leader in there so they're going to be issuing those commands themselves um most of the time anyway so having extra on there's not going to make um, too much difference the one that is a bit interesting is um you get pluses to cast um, based on how many monsters are close and that's an artifact in there uh, that's an artifact sorry the only other command trait that i've seen um interesting that's been run is lewis runs one extra um the extra wound um mm -hmm. and so you're just looking at making it rather than a seven to an eight which adds into that staring um the staring game um adds to that survivability and, and by the way in the earlier in the show we were talking about the pre-game move being eight inches that's coming from the Savage Warlord uh, command trait, Great Hunter. So if you wanted to move eight, that's how you would do it. Um, just, yeah. oh, I'm just looking at the command traits and looking at your other options. Like, oh, that's right. That's where it comes from. So yeah. if you wanted to know how, how you get the eight. You get you get taxed um, if you're going to run that because you have to take the Savage Big Boss. Um, he's yes. a he's a six wound hero on a six up save, and then he becomes your general. Um, you need your general on the field to call the war. Um, which is one of your, your power pieces um, already. Um, when I run him, he just hides. He goes in the far right corner, far left corner, away from their threats. He's he's yeah, he's finding the biggest piece of rock and standing behind it. Um, you know that's that's all he's doing because you're, you're just trying just, to just to pull that. down the wire. Yeah, uh, yeah, to call on the wire and to to unlock the eight inch move. You want the eight inch move if you've got um, your big stabbers, maybe. Um, yeah. But he's he's a sixty five point tax and adds to that um, the the command uh, the hero units you only got three of them to have anyway so um, the other one that's interesting is the the weird knob um, he he's on a ball board he's on a ball so he's got the twelve inch move um, and he's usually hanging around with Kragnos um, to to to, uh, to basically stop people piling into him um, again you're just blocking things with him um, and he's got so much utility because you can take the mount trait fast and 
Um, so he moves 12 already. He can move 12 in the hero phase. He can get to places he wants. And then you can combat that with this his spell, which is uh, which we've taken here, which is fight last. And you have to be within 12 in order to fight last. Um, which is he's a great piece, but both um, he's this cast on a seven, and his war scroll spell is plus one to wound as well. So you could put that on your maniacs, um, and so their four attacks on top uh, are hitting on um, fours and uh, fours and twos can become threes and twos um, if you, you're giving all that attack. Why why not take power of the werebore, which gives you that plus one to run, charge, hit, but it can't shoot. Um, yeah, so um, plus one to um, hit, um, you can already give it uh, pretty easily. Um, also, the boar boys, um, uh, the the boars have plus one to hit built into their war scroll uh, for plus one to hit and wound on the charge anyway. Um, so you've already got that. We're already moving pretty far, and we've got Kragnos for the D3 charge. So, um, yeah, it becomes less reliable. You only really want to take that if you've got um, big stabbers because then they're hitting on twos, um, and they don't have a hero uh, um, in the unit to issue the commands. So that'd be more of a useful spell if you didn't have Craggy in the list. But since Craggy has given you that delivery mechanism and you're already getting plus one here and there, it's probably not nearly as valuable as the War Cry because you are a glass cannon. Uh, you aren't going to take a punch really well. So if you can get one extra attack in because you've made your opponent fight last, um, you've got yeah. a bit more survivability and deniability, I guess, to yeah. deny your opponent attacks. Yeah. Also, with the Fasten as well, the Savage Spearhead becomes an option so easily. Um, so I often end up turning him into a monster um, and then using the Fasten, dropping down the Skitter Strand. You don't even have to use Kragnos, so Kragnos can go wherever he wants. You're not having to use him in order to get your battle tactic. He's just killing the things that he needs to kill. Talk to me about these ball boys. So, you know, but, but I reckon a lot of people haven't looked at this war scroll for a while. Yeah. What is making you put in four units of five war boys? Okay, so they're, they're three wounds each, uh, 140 points. Um, you know, as a, as a, and move 12. Um, they're on a five up save um, and they've got a lot of attacks. Um, you want to keep them in units of five. If they stay as a five, um, uh, well, they, they, so they have they have 20, 26 attacks total um, going in on on the charge to someone, uh, which is uh, for one hundred forty points, twenty five attacks, um, and with the with five you're exploding. Um, you've got exploding attacks on sixes. Um, you're going to be chipping a little bit away, um, but. For me, their utility is just that 12-inch move. Um, you can get around the board so much. Um, they're on the cavalry bases, so you can block a fair bit. Um, with terrain, you can you can block channels off with them uh, really easily, um, and they're not that easy to kill um, on that 5-up save. You can Mystic Shield them um, and all-out defense, and so you're ignoring Ren 2 um, with them. I they feel plus, like they get plus one to the to hit and wound as well when they charge for the yeah. stickers or the or the tusks. You yes. you haven't gone the stickers. You've gone the choppers. Yeah, so I've gone got, uh, got the choppers. It's it's mainly because I've I've got them built that way. Um, I would say so. The, the, yeah, the sticks. I, you know, again, you're not you're not trying to really do damage with them that much. Um, you're um, you're just looking to. 
control space and screen with them. So irrespective of if I was running a unit of um, of 10, I'd take the stickers because they're on two two inch reach. Um, but I'm just running fives there. The, and, and so that's, yeah, that's that's why they're, well, they're there. I'd probably have them with stickers if I had, had them built that way. But I've already so done in, it. I mean, so in, in, the, in the best case, you probably go stickers for the overall is that, is that they're better or yeah so i mean the difference is it's fours and threes with the choppers and it's fours and fours with the stickers um but then mm. on the charge it's going to be threes and threes generally I'm, I'm not charging the um the unit in um because they're, they're a control piece um and and a screen um rather than on the charge if i had larger units of them um i'd be um i'd be charging them in um like the 15 um you'd want them there to get you'd get um threes and threes on the charge um with those and more attacks in uh, with the 15 um but again they're, they're not there to charge the maniacs are there to charge um the ball boys are there to screen right so when you say screen are you putting them just outside of three inches so your opponent is you know stuck wherever they are are you screening the objective like what are you screening so screening the, the yeah so you're putting them if you've got the first turn you're pinning them in by putting them three inches apart it, it depends on the opponent they've got flying and things but fire slays are a, a good example they don't move very far they're, they're really punchy in combat um and so you're just blocking the channels that they work in um you're screening off kragnos so you don't want people charging kragnos um you know you want him charging them so you're doing the mortals in there um so you you're you're wrapping the channels up you can if you've got four units that i've got it basically means i can put one in front i can do the um i can do a second um second screen as well just behind that if they get the double they've got to go through both of those or i can just give away the turn really easily knowing that i'll have the double next and then i've got two other units who can either hold backboard space or um using one uh, one of the units to cover one side of Kragnos and then using the Maniac Weird Knob to cover the other. Um, so the Kragnos is on a smaller base than, you know, some of the bigger monsters. So um, if you're, um, yeah, if you've got the Ghoul King on Ter Terrorgeist or those those guys, again, you can just stop him from being able to to get in um, to to that one inch reach or um, to be able to charge. You, yeah, you can just deny being able to charge Kragnos. Um, and you want to keep Kragnos safe because he projects all of that strength and he does so much. Yeah, no, it's good. To, just to just to clarify, because some people will be thinking, what am, what am I screening or how am I screening? Especially, um, you know, is it the ball? Are you just trying to screen out the maniacs? You know, where how do you do it? Because I guess, you know, you can body block an objective. There's a lot of things you can do. You know, you can run it up to soak up and unleash hell and then Craggy comes in or then your yeah. maniacs go in and they're not suffering the uh, the the... the uh, unleash hell so like obviously opponent uh, dependent and battle plan dependent but um you know you're really using them as a wounds target yep yeah the unleash hell is yeah i've used that a few times you can throw away a unit of boar boys pretty easily um you know if you've got kragnos backing him up or you've got the maniacs backing him up um yeah what about these maniacs we've been dancing around the maniacs for a while like we are a war god prophet doing our little dance Talk to me about the Maniacs, because I'll be honest, I have not played against them in, in Age of Sigmar, period. Not third edition, period. 
Yeah, so they're they're my third threat. So I, I feel like in a, in a list you need three threats. Um, you've got Kragnos in there as the main threat. Um, you've got the Wergog with the staring eyes, and then you've got the Maniacs. Um, so um, Maniacs three wounds again because um, they're ball boys. They've only got a six up save. Um, run ten of them. Um, I mentioned this before. I think you can basically get eight into combat easily. Nine at a push um, with coherency. Um, you've got four attacks on top on the charge um, from the choppers um, and then you've got three attacks on the boars which you can potentially use that spell to get plus two rend um, on there so you've got a lot of attacks they're going to be above five in a unit because you've got the unit of tens that means exploding sixes Um, so you've got 56 attacks going in with exploding sixes on top of that then you've got mortals on the wound um, for both profiles, so on sixes. So all of those attacks are, are going to be doing mortal wounds on sixes. And then you've, you've got half of those attacks going to be at minus two rend potentially if you get the spell off. So even if something's on a two up save, you're going to be doing 13 damage on average to it. What um, makes them better than the just the, the ball boys? So there's the weight of attacks that you've got there. So you get um, on on the ball boys, you've only got two attacks on top. Um, with them, you've got four attacks on top. And if you if you add that in with the exploding sixes um, that you're going to get as well, those weight of attacks just yeah start to multiply. Uh, so the maniac fury, you get plus one attack characteristic with the choppers if it's charged, right? Yeah. So the other one, you get the plus one hit, plus one to wound with the sticker if you charge. So yep. I'm looking at their base profile. I'm like, there's there's not a lot of big differences on a base profile. You know, there's three attacks, two attacks, hitting on fours, wounding on threes, or wounding on fours. Like, they're on par. They're kind of I'm like, why on earth are you doing maniacs being the delivery mechanism? Like, why wouldn't you just do ten ball boys? But now that you get the plus one attack, then you do the exploding sixes, then you do the mortal wounds, and potentially the ren minus two. Uh, all of a sudden, I can now see why those maniacs are becoming more of your combat threat as opposed to why you wish you wouldn't do that with board boys. Yeah, and, and you, you're playing denial as well here, so they're not battle line um, as well. Mm. So there's only five points difference in between them. Uh, board boys are 140, maniacs are 145. So they 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 just serve a slightly different purpose. Uh, they're more attacks. You want to get them in on the charge. The ball boys they've got better defense, and they're there to to screen. Plus, the great thing as well is, as you said, you're not giving away a battle tactic if you lose them because they're not um, they're not a, they're not a hero. They're not your battle line. They're, they're just a unit. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot into that. Yeah, but they've got their threat rage. They, they've got 12-inch movement, a 3d6 charge, and things. They, they're getting into what they need to get into um, as well. Um, yeah. But they can't take a punch unless you call the war. No, no like, you know, six-inch save. It's a, a six-up save is not a lot. Even, like, if you throw all your resources at them, it's yeah. not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you've got some crazy list tech going on here. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun list to play. Um, you know, I, I do think one drop um, makes it viable. Um, yeah, even a two drop, you're you're also losing a few times on um, on some games. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot from you just because again you can't take a punch and you have got a lot of movement shenanigans. Um, you really want to be getting that 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 first that first turn choice. Uh, yeah. Whether you give it away or you take it, you know, you'd be able to use your 
pre-move as well. Your half half your units can get the free move. I guess you, you really want to be able to determine who goes first. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're you're just trying to control the board. So, but the majority of the time, you're probably going to take first turn unless it's a castle shooting army, um, because yeah, they're they're not going to unpack onto the board. Um, you just want to be scoring the objectives as early as possible, but not giving away units. Um, and when you do start to trade, you start to trade their high. You're, you're forcing them to trade their bigger units uh, with Kragnos, and you're trying to keep Kragnos alive um, for as long as possible um, because he's, you know, he's worth he's worth thirty on a um, on an objective. He's always going to be scoring you points there. Um, yeah, I think the trap with Craggy is that you just want to always charge. I think if for anyone who has played with Kragnos in the past. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, and you know there's a, there's a power in holding him back slightly for when you really need him, as opposed to just charging up the board, potentially going into chaff, not getting out to maximize those those uh, monster damage, and you know putting those mace attacks into where you really want to be clearing high armor save, you know valuable battle tactics that without Kragnos, it becomes a lot harder. Your mission becomes incredibly hard. Yeah, I've been I've been playing Kragnos with sort of one hand behind my back as well. I've only just realised um, that it's it, written in this war scroll that you can roll three d six to um, not um, to to put off a spell. So I wasn't putting Mystic Shield on him, thinking that yeah he, he doesn't like spells, you can't put it on. And I think that's that's more testament to the way that Bone Splitters protect him, um, because if you weren't doing that with um, Ogre More Tribes, you, you're not going to screen out Ogre More Tribes. Things are going to be able to charge into him, um, and, and you're going to need that extra save. Um, so, yeah, I've been putting my, my plus one Mystic Shield on my Ball Boys, because that's that's what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're trying to deny them going through that. And I'm not putting on Kragnos because I don't want anything coming into Kragnos anyway. And I'll probably continue to play him a fair bit like that. So only when long strikes come out is now I've got an extra tool to, to try and protect him with, with Mystic Shield. And Yeah, I've, I've thrown Emerald Life Swarm in just to keep him alive a little longer because, yeah, I, have, I played a game, long strikes, pulled him down, 12 wounds out of his 18 in the first turn threw down that emerald life swarm for the double tap heroic action to heal him up and you know i kept him around for till like turn four in the end but definitely an easy target for your opponent so again it's that balance of making the most of having him versus not putting him in positions where he'll die really quickly because it's 130 your force um and he's already got a massive target on his head yeah so we haven't really spoken about a couple of units from Bone Splitters, and I suspect that Bone Splitters. Is that your list? Yeah, that not in my list. I guess oh. uh, from my list. Yeah, I just I, I don't want people saying you know, what, where are your big stabbers or where are your savage orics? Um And for right. me, they don't really fit. Yeah, they don't really fit into uh, into this list um, just because of the hyper movement that I like to play uh, with those. And having the ball boys, having that 12-inch move is, is why I've got those over having a unit of 10, 10 Oryx in there. I feel like they do. I like to have the mobility more than the, the wounds. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, you look at the ability, the the the, the great ability of the bone, the big stabbers is doing mortal wounds as they die. I mean, they still got, you know, three attacks, hit on threes, wound on threes, rend two for two damage, which is not too bad. Safe stacking yeah. meta at the moment. Yeah. Uh, 
that the Ren 2 doesn't go as far as it used to. And the mortal wounds to monsters are nice, but do I want to be building around potentially one mortal wound if I roll really poorly? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I ran uh, some big stabbers at a one day. I, I, want, I didn't want to put too much thought into playing my games. I basically just wanted to have some fun games where I smash um, rather than, you know, all, all of my games take go to time or go close to time because you, you're not looking to table someone and you're not looking to get tabled at the same time. Um, and so it does take quite a lot of thought process with it. So I was running two units of um, reinforced big stabbers and Kragnos um, and just basically going for that first uh, first move. We move, move the big stabbers eight, um, they move five and then they're charging D 3d6 and they've got three inch reach i think that's the best thing on their war scroll is the three inch reach on their mm. um yeah, on their profile because that again synergizes with kragnos um if you clear a screen and then you've got you can get three inch three inch uh, you know six inch threat range uh, with a fair amount of um things in there so yeah i've uh, i've cleared out some um some hard boys and then piled through and, and, and cleaned up a more crusher, you know, with those, um, just by the, the base of the more crusher doesn't allow you to basically deploy further than six back behind a screen that deploys on the line anyway. So yeah, you've got that three inch threat range is, is really good on Kragnos, but again, the big stabbers have that as well. Um, so I think that's probably the best thing on their war scroll. What about the more boys? I mean, when you look at the more boys, I mean, I know your your list is all about movement, right? And you you know by going going your your more boys, you immediately lose what seven inches off the movement, right? But they've got good attacks, right? They three attacks each, hitting on fours, wounding on threes, plus one attack if they charge. Um, like yeah, that's not too bad. It's I mean, there's no rend, obviously, but yeah you got uh, they're they're on 32 mil bases and you've got units of 10 and so getting them into combat um is is difficult um whereas if you've got ball boys you've got five attacks base um with the three um three with the boars two on top and you're on threes and threes rather than fours and threes with those and you're getting all of the attacks in um so it's that's where yeah you, you, you yeah you get open to more attacks but you're, you're going to struggle to get them in because you can't just you suffer the them. you suffer the same issues that the the nomadi thralls had for a long time is a 32 mil base with a one inch attack so yep. it means you you never get i mean unless you get the perfect charge and you can pin multiple units you never get the most out of the models in the unit i think that they're, they're not bad to be honest you know they um people will um undervalue um, a unit of 10 and how much work they might be able to do um but yeah for, for me I'm, I'm not trying to do damage again a lot of the time um with the, the units that's worth 145 unless it's the maniacs and then i want to be able to put them where where they need to go um and yeah you might be able to do it the 3d6 but yeah you it's yeah less less uh less of a threat range as well and so less for the, the opponent to worry about no i like it because you know the key to the episode really is control like if, if this was like an episode of sesame street and we had like a, a number of the of the day and we had a, a word of the day the word of the day would be control because uh you're right like you know the whole theme has been less about how much damage can i do how many mortal wounds can i do how do I chip through? And, you know, you didn't even go through Drakfoot, right? Drakfoot would be able to 
cut through ward saves a lot better. What you're doing is you're building around control. You're building around a wound tar pit and you're building around the ability to do that through allegiance abilities, Kragnos, you know, other, other, you know, unit choices as opposed to what does the most amount of damage. And it kind of leads into why you took the Skidder Strand, Arachnarok as well. Probably not the most optimum choice, but from a control point of view and what it brings to the mobility of your army, it certainly does help a lot. Yeah, yeah. You need your opponent because playing an under-tiered army, you need your opponent to make mistakes um, and for you not to make any in order to go, you know, to to compete at a high level. Um, and by giving them as many questions to answer, you're um, giving them more and more chances to make those small mistakes. Um, and yeah, but you're you're always going to be struggling against you know top tier top tier lists anyway um, with someone who knows what they're doing. What's the key to success? If I'm going to run this army and do incredibly well, how do I do it? I, I guess just know what each unit is there for um, and don't get excited um, to charge in because you can. Uh, I think that's the that's the hardest thing. I had it in my game three. Um, I, I charged my unit of boar boys. Uh, it, I was playing Beast of Chaos, um, combat army, and I, I just didn't need to do it. I just need to stay outside of three, but I was just, they were buffed up. They had their minus two rend on them. Um, and I was like, I just couldn't help myself. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to charge. Um, and it was like, well, now now I've lost that screen and a turn earlier than I'm, than I'm supposed to. Um, I think, yeah, key to success is, is knowing knowing what you're there to do um, at all times. Just don't do that charge when you don't need to. Um, I retreated Kragnos from combat um, and this uh, during one of my games um and that took a lot of willpower to do it 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 made sense to do it at the time um and uh but it was yeah you have to not be a destruction bro at times and just yeah take a step back and go what is the right thing to do at this time um yeah that's hard like, yeah. I don't know if I'm, re- I'm I don't know if I'm ready to uh to to go to like destructions anonymous and saying that I didn't want to charge right you know I subscribe to my ABCs always be charging uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can not do that yeah. I'll play order if I want to do if I don't want to not charge but yeah to your point like you know the best option can often be retreating you know just getting out of combat looking at the overall plan it's not about you know combat objectives battle tactics making your opponent's life harder being able to redeploy your way just all those little things that'll help you score the vps overall as opposed to just you know trying to crush your enemy but they still beat you on points and battle tactics yeah yeah and and you know the winning thing to do is just roll three ups with your wergog if you can do that kill everything it's easy (laughs) what's the best thing you've killed um I've taken out a, a unit of Sentinels, thirty Sentinels. Pretty fun doing that. Um, you, um, how did you I, how did you get within twelve inches of, of Sentinels to do that? Piling in. Uh, yeah, so this was a classic. They went slay the warlord, um, two yeah. up ward save, um, and then yeah, you pile around them, um, and yeah, get within get within twelve. They don't think about it. Yeah, it's I. I you know, but at times, you know, it's, it's you're also losing your utility piece with it at the same time, um, potentially. So it, it swings both ways um, with it, but it's great fun um, when you do it. I've what had a lot. Of, uh, what else is good? Um, we've had more crushers. Um, they usually go in there pretty easily. Um, yeah, because of no after save. Um, generally, if you get one without an amulet, 
Um, I like I like the little pieces. So things like war chances, you pick them up. Skink priests, uh, you know, these are the linchpins of um, of these armies. And yeah, you're, you know, your odds on to stare them off. You know, even with a Wurgog who hasn't got the um, plus four save, it's got five wounds. Yeah, you, you're gonna kill it. The um, yeah, those little those little pieces, they're, they're the ones that really make the difference in in winning the games. But yeah, I, I had I played um, Steve Curtis, I think, at the last game of um, uh, the game he was playing, running the Sons of Behemoth, and yeah, we had uh, we were both cheering on the table as I tried to stare down his Gatebreaker um, to achieve my last battle tactic to to get it, um, and I got him down to one wound, um, and and we were both gutted, but then. The big boss came in from the corner. They'd been hiding in the corner um, and managed to do one wound uh, on the charge to, to him to finish him off. But yeah, I haven't quite had the um, the full um, uh, yeah the full one with the uh, with the mega guard gargants. But I've heard a few. Will stared off, I think, four dragons yesterday um, in in his game against. Uh, um, a full eleven dragon list. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's they're absolutely of- brutal. They, they're so good, and then for, for the points that you get, like, and then there's no wonder you want to put in like two or even three Wargold prophets because they just they're a damage delivering mechanism. And uh, boy, are they fun! Yeah, Whether, you, you know, you play you play like the stomp of Gork or the foot of Gork, or you do like you know Ar- Arken the Black's got his spell. Like when you go onto that like destruction jackpot, um, like the slot machine, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's yeah. on knife's edge. Exactly, and everyone's just having fun with it. You know, it's it's just the idea that you're just staring with lasers. Uh, Games Lord, uh, good question. No, Kragnos does not benefit from the Great Hunter's battle trait because uh, he does not have any of the keywords. He doesn't have Sun's keyword. He doesn't have Bone Splitters or even the Auric War Clan keyword. So, uh, it will not benefit from any Allegiance abilities. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, you know, otherwise that's a guaranteed charge um, game. Uh, yeah, first turn. Jeez, imagine that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? I think I've, I've asked you most of the questions I want to ask. I mean, uh, maybe two, I've got one more question and then I'll, I'll wrap it up um, unless something comes up in the chat. The last question I really wanted to ask you was about your deployment. Do you have any um, tips or advice you would give to me through deployment? Um, are you deploying on the line? Yes, I know opponent, battle plan, blah, 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 blah. But just general like bone splitter strategy, how do you deploy or what are some of your considerations when it comes to deployment? Yeah, so I guess Kragnos is, he's going to be the piece that is going to um, dictate where your army is going to be put, your opponent's going to be putting all of their things. Um, you need a clear uh, clear lines between the terrain pieces with him in order to get, um, his, thing, uh, get his space through. Um, so that's one thing to consider. The, you you're suggesting you want your opponent to deploy as far back as possible so you're trying to put everything on the line and and just dictate this idea that they're going to have these ball boys in their face turn one you know and they're all they can think of is all these dice that are going to be thrown at them um but the the wergog you got to consider basically the unbind range um is the is the main thing there you do have your sometimes you're using your pre-game move just to get out of range um uh, with that 
Um, so you've got your mastery of magic as well on him, which, you know, if you're doing that out of unbind range, you, you're going to be getting your, your spell off um, the majority of the time. Um, but yeah, with the with the ball boys, it's, it's pretty easy to yeah put them on the line um, and get them wherever they want to want to go. Um, really, you yeah you, you don't need to castle up um, as much. Um, but again, it, it, it's, it's if you're playing more, um, I guess com, uh, uh, foot foot units um, with the five inch move, um, you probably want to be considering. Uh, where they're going to be on the line, um, and I think you also with the pre-game move, you might want to go onto objectives um, before the first battle round, but you might also not want to do that because doing that means there's an easy conquer first battle round um, for your opponent to get by just walking a unit straight up onto an objective. So that's one thing to consider. Yeah, it's good moving up onto them, um, but also yeah, you're potentially giving something away. A lot of good tips. A lot of good tips. And I guess, you know, again, you know, each enemy, each type of, you know, threat ranges and, you know, like you could be going Stormcast right now, but there's all, you know, there's multiple versions of Stormcast list. So it's, it's hard to tell you exactly do this, do this. But I think what I love about you, and it feels like I'm a kindred spirit, is the psychological threat. I love the ability to psych your opponent out. And just because just because I can and I deploy on the line doesn't mean I will. That a lot of opponents will want to won't want you to go that ultra aggressive and they'll defend and they'll split their force and they'll break their castles and they'll do things that they wouldn't normally do and i think you you mentioned it through this discussion before the more decisions your opponent you force your opponent to make the more likely they're gonna they're gonna mess one up and you knowing your army well will capitalize on it because you've been through the pain you've been through the tough matchups and you really get to stress test and that's probably one thing i've really enjoyed playing with my armies like gits playing my armies you know that aren't very good even when i played sons don't laugh at me i played them in second edition i was stress testing them to the max and i was you know doing really well but I was seeing what what happened in, in in various various situations, and I now reap the rewards in third edition because I now know what they do. Yeah, I, and one thing I did say on deployment: never ask your opponent what their threat ranges are. Um, if you're if, if you if you're bone splitters, you all you're telling them is what your threat range is, and so in their head they're just saying, "Right, I'm coming to get you." You're not you're not considering them coming to you. Never ask them because that just gives the game away. You're like, "Oh, hold on a minute." They might might be not taking the first turn, yeah, and you're like, oh, so yeah, always just look them up, whatever they've got, and 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 work it out yourself. Don't don't ask them um, if you're trying to mind game them into thinking that you're going, um, you're going to be in their face. A lot of your tactic is built around one drop. You know, you've talked a lot about the importance of one drop as opposed to like, you know, Warlord or other different options. Because you could you could go a big block of, you know, uh, foot troops and put them into Hunters of the Heartland and, you know, really grind it down. You could go through other options, but yours is very much about one drop and control and speed. Are you finding in your either competitive meta or even your local meta a lot of opponents also doing Battle Regiment? Or are you finding you know you've you've got a lot more choices on giving away or taking first? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of one drop around um, in yeah. in the UK scene at the moment. I think um, I think globally, to be honest, yeah. globally you're seeing a lot of it. 
Yeah, Stormcast, you know, they're going to be in in a one drop uh, with that. Lumineth are now looking to drop down to to one drop. Um, Yeah, you've got, um, I guess, Iron Jaws are the one that you're not seeing go in there. um, And to being able to dictate the first turn against them is, yeah, I... It, it does become a dice roll um, a lot, so you know some of the time. Um, but at least you're you're giving yourself the the fifty fifty chance um, because yeah, I think the first game I played a Lumen F one drop and I won the roll off. And if I'd lost the roll off, I think it's, it's, it's pretty much I'm I'm fighting a losing battle just from the go. Whereas I put myself in a in a strong position if I take first turn or have a chance to win. And against a Lumineth, like, at least like that, you know, 30 Sentinels or, you know, long strikes from Stormcast or double shooting bow snakes, if you find those types, because they're quite common in the meta, um, are you likely to take first or are you using your pregame movement to kind of move out of ranges? I mean, long strikes and uh, bow snakes have a 24. Your Sentinels obviously have a 30. What's your thinking there? I guess it, it depends on on the scenario. Um, if it's a scoring scenario, um, you want to get on the objectives early um, and uh, potentially stop them from getting their buff pieces off um, beforehand. You're you're gonna you also need to protect from the double turn. So you're you're kind of with shooting. You're, you're in a difficult spot um, a lot of the time. If you can you can stay out of threat ranges um, first turn. You're going to give them the first turn because you don't want them to double you um, and double tap, basically. Although they can double tap already with the long strikes um, in the hero, and, and and the same with the snakes. Um, but at least you're not not in range, or you're dictating what they're going to be shooting at um, by through your deployment. Um, and it's yeah, you're, you're going to scare them a little bit with Kragnos. They're going to put them on the other side, opposite side anyway, um, just as um, as a, as a threat. Um, long strike's probably going to be able to shoot him um, but I think um, Calvin was uh, at, the, the, at the tournament that he was at he said you know with the defender they were allowed to set up the terrain and I think that makes a huge difference uh, for bone splitters being able to set up the terrain so at least you've, you've kind of got that going for you if if you do lose that roll off Yeah interesting yeah I, I know a lot of tournaments will just set up the terrain it is what it is and you don't get that defender benefit, but um, I can see why that would be very helpful if you had the control. Last and final question, Mikey. Tell me about the bum bag. I hear the, <laughs> the bum bag. I hear, I hear bum bags are, are back in fashion. Um, or I think if the Americans listening to this, they're called fanny packs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But tell me, tell me about the bum bag. Uh, you know, if if you're if you're at the table, you can have your dice in there. You can have your um, all, all your sticks and things, and you, you know you can you get into your power pose um, pretty easily, and you can thrust that. You know, you're reaching into your bum bag, playing with the dice. You know, it, again, it's it's that mind game that you've got with them. But no, it's 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 a bit of a joke. But you know, it's handy having all your things in one place um, and and being able to. You know, measure quickly. Um, you're going to be playing long games as well with bone splitters um, because you're not getting tabled. So, yeah, you need to have that utility at all times and being able to reach in there, grab what you need. No, no I dig it. I, I should get my bum back. I've got a nice little fanny pack for when I walk the dog. I've got like my, my tennis ball to distract the dog. I've got my little poop bags to make sure I can pick up the poop along the way and a few other utilities like a little water bottle. But uh, I should probably have like a, it's almost like in a 
like a Batman kind of backpack. Yeah, I might have the combat gauges and of oh, good lord. I think that yeah, there's mine. This is the Bucks Wargaming one. Um, you see, there's quite a lot in there. I had to get this one because I had exactly the same thing. My my bum bag smelt like beef because of dog treats, <laughs> and so I was getting stuff out of it, and it just smelt of dog treats all the time. So yeah, I uh, I upgraded. Yeah, and and you know, to the point of uh, of the rules, absolutely. In a normal game of Age of Sigma, the defender would absolutely set the terrain up, and the attacker would certainly pick it. But you will find majority of tournaments have preset the terrain. Uh, it is what it is. They don't tell you to move it. So you might find some tournaments let you set up the, the terrain, uh, but due to the time constraints, certainly one of the reasons. Um, and also it means that as a tournament organizer, especially when I'm running like a 50 play, a 50 to 100 player event, I'm not going around resetting the terrain all the time in between rounds. I've got 100 things to do, and that's just another time-consuming thing. So, um, But if you are at a tournament and they are allowing it, awesome. Good news. Yeah. I think it might get to a bit of a bad player experience because it can get pretty gamey, I guess, if you're moving terrain pieces out there and you're you're setting setting off on the on the wrong foot with your opponent. You want a fun game, you know, that you're both bought into rather than someone dictating how your game's going before it's even started. Which is why TOs will often set relatively neutral, you know, a couple of big pieces spread out, you've got a couple of small pieces, but there's never really one side that's overwhelmed or underwhelmed with, you know, terrain and things like that. But Marky, this has been awesome. I think we could talk for a long time despite... Oh, final qu- I've got one, one Bernal question. Yeah. I want to wrap this up, but I keep asking you questions. Last question, I swear, I swear, because I want to go to bed. Um, the last question I've got for you is Big Wah. I, I think I asked you this question. We kind of alluded it. We didn't quite talk about it. If I was to take your exact list and run it into Big Wah, what are the pros and cons? You know, am I better off going Big Wah? Or is this something that Bone Splitters gives me that I can't unlock in the Big War? Because it's going to allow me to bring in Iron Jaws, Cruel Boys. It gives me a really nice little soup force. Yeah, so the the minus uh, the four up save, the four up save. You get the six up save, but you don't get the big war four up. So you you lose that denial. You you lose the pregame move um, in there. You lose the exploding hits. Um, so I, I just don't think so. The maniacs no longer do what they need to do because you haven't got the, the exploding hits. Um, the ball boys can't deny as well because you haven't got the the big war um and then yeah you can't deny slay the warlord in in the same way it just yeah the plus one to hit we're, we're not looking to get into combat um so much we've already got the plus ones and the plus to wounds um so yeah i would say not for pure bone splitters it just it just doesn't make sense and i, I have looked at big war a lot because uh, I've got an Iron Jaws army as as well, just to try and see if there's there's game in there. But I, I do think you can get more out of it at, in the uh, in the sub in, in the allegiances um, and Cruel Boys as well. I just don't think it's quite there. So if you did if, if you did a big war, you would be able to plug some of your holes. Like for example, you could bring in some Bolt Boys for some good shooting. You could bring in a monster like a a, a more crusher or some gore grunters and things like that and have you know something that uh would complement your force or plug a hole but would it make your list which is obviously a control movement type list any better the answer is going to be no in, in your case but that might not be true if you're building around melee troops or you know you're shooting troops so but what i'm hearing is it certainly works in the style that you're playing yeah, I think Wurgog is is something that you would pick up and and play in a big war um, from from those just because of that extra utility of the of the staring. But I don't think the others go into it very well. 
Um, Mate, as a gets player, I, I would happily take a wargog and put it into my list. Like you, you guys can't. keep you go, you guys keep putting my fungoid cave shamans in for the extra free CP. I'm going to take one back and then get the the mask stare with uh, all my gets. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Tro- I think um, yeah, Trog was uh, was taking it um, in his uh, in his Trog's list. Yeah, if I can have uh, if I can have Doby as well as um, the the wargog. Okay, now we're cooking. Yeah, yeah, do it. I'll take your shooter. <laughs> All right. Well, shout out to uh, the Bucks Wargaming Collective. You've shown the bum back off. Anyone you want to shout out personally or say hello to before we bring this home? I guess, yeah, Bucks Wargaming Group. Um, yeah, thanks to Dan and Steve, you know, for setting that up. It's it's, it's brought me into the journey I have into competitive uh, wargaming. Um, I also should be playing a bat rep with my bone splitters on Madman Gaming coming up. So you'll be able to see, I guess, some of the things I spoke about in, in action. Um, I think there's a few people um, looking for a bone splitters bat rep um, because we don't have many of them there. You don't see many of them. I don't think there's any list talking or things like that. So yeah. it was nice. It took it only took me like nine months since Age of Sigma first came out, and a champion has risen. Uh, in fact, multiple champions, Mikey and Calvin, both easily could have jumped in this discussion and led us to the victory that is bone splitters and. I'm glad we had this chat. I think we learned a lot. And I think most importantly, it's not all doom and gloom for the uh, the Savage Boys. You know, are they the strongest? Are they going to be 5 and owing your next GT? Probably not. Are they an off-meta choice that you can build around and you can have a lot of fun with? Absolutely. Uh, is there competitive builds in there? Yes. Will you have to work your ass off as opposed to people like me, like Sons, who just runs forward and goes, Burr. yeah, you've got to work harder than I do. Mighty's yeah. not even disagreeing oh, yeah. with me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. work my ass off. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, mate. All right, let's drop off. You go do your thing. I go my thing. Uh, if you are – actually, you know what I'd love to hear from the people who are listening to this, if you've gotten to the end, I want to know in the discussion below, tell me what's the best thing you have zapped off with your Wargold Prophet. I want to hear what you've zapped off. Be honest. Be really honest. What have you zapped off? Have you zapped off a Nagash or an Archeon or a, I'd like, I wish you could do a Marathi, but you can't really until the end. That's a bit boring. But yeah, tell me in the comments. I want to hear what you've zapped off. I want to hear the best thing that people have zapped off. Uh, cool. I think that's it. All right, let's wrap up. Bye, cool. Maggie. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining. And uh, until next time, you know what to do. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. 